What's up, everybody? This is Tommy, host of the Tommy Experience. Before you listen to this week's episode, I want to tell you about my website, TomEXperience.com. There you can catch up on all the previous episodes of the podcast, read the daily blogs, and there's links to the YouTube channel and social media accounts. So make sure you visit TomEXperience.com to stay up to date on all the content that I put out. And now, here's the episode. This is the Tom E. Experience, presented by TomEExperience.com. All right. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Tom E. Experience. Uh, Today is August 17th, 2021. Uh, Awesome show for you today. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are coming on to talk about the, aside from the Bears, the other two teams that are worth talking about in the NFC North. Uh, My friend Josiah, who is a diehard Vikings fan, came on and talked to me for a while about the Vikings. And then uh, a very, very long friend from long ago, uh, Emma Chapman. We were friends in second grade. Probably haven't talked to her since fourth grade. And she's on the show uh, to talk about the Lions. So that'll be fun. Uh, very excited. Uh, it was awesome to do. Uh, but before I get into that, I do have some breaking news. That's right. We got sound effects now. Uh, breaking news. Uh, I am doing something exciting. So I have signed on with Cubby's Crib, which is a blog site, part of the fan-sided network. Uh, to join them and blog about the Cubs, uh, which is really awesome. Very excited that it's happening. Um, I will continue to do my own blog on the Tommy experience, but just not the Cubs. So anytime I'm doing a blog about the Cubs, I'm going to do it through uh, the Cubby's Crib. So you can check it out, cubbyscrib.com. There's a lot of cool guys and cool gals that talk about the Cubs on there. Really cool stuff, really fun stuff uh, about the Cubs. You can see my first post is already up there. Um, It's been tweeted out by my personal account. Um, So if you want to go there, you can find it. Um, I'm going to be tweeting them as I write them and as they come out on there. So you can check it out there. Uh, But again, CubbiesCrib.com. I am now an official contributor with them. So go check it out uh, if you do want to talk about the Cubs anymore. I don't know if anybody does, but... Uh, So it'll be on there, Uh, but now we're going to shift to football. We're going to talk about some football. Uh, Like I said, a couple of friends came on to join uh, a football conversation with me. Uh, First up is going to be Josiah, and then it's going to be followed immediately by Emma. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you listen to those. This is our football preview of the NFC North. Again, it's going to start with Josiah with the Vikings and then go into Emma with the Lions. 
All right. Uh, I am now joined by good friend of mine, Josiah Dury, uh, Minnesota Vikings fanatic, uh, the captain of the Minnesota Vikings, as far as I'm concerned. Josiah, thank you for the time today. How's it going? Good. Good to be here. Thanks, Tommy. Good. Awesome. I'm glad you're here. This week, I'm going to be doing a preview of the NFC North, and I'm talking to you for the Vikings. I have another fan for the Lions. Uh, but wanted to start with you with the Vikings because you went to camp today, and we'll talk about that. But right off the top, um, you do a podcast called Pod Level Midnight. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, so I th- I think you and I both kind of started our little podcast adventures around the same time here in the spring. Like um, end of May was my first episode, I think. And it was just like, it's just something to, for fun. You know, it's not, I don't expect it to be big or anything, but it's just a fun way for me to to connect with like friends of mine, people like you. I've had a, the fortune of being able to to travel the world and I have a lot of friends with a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different stories and everything. So getting a chance to to feature some of those and um, yeah, an excuse to talk with people, which is fun. And, you know, we get, it does focus a lot on sports. Um, we're about probably about 50% sports with episodes like once a week. And then um, a lot of movie talk as well, whatever is kind of on my mind or the mind of people that are close to me. And then, yeah, sharing stories of, interesting people from interesting places with interesting interests so yeah for it's sh- been fun yeah yeah for sure um we definitely uh our podcast journeys are definitely similar because i'm the same way uh maybe not as many travels as you but we'll get to that in a second but but yeah i think uh it's just fun it's just a good hobby just fun to to talk it out a little bit and it definitely helps when you got somebody to talk about it with too awesome love that uh but also wanted to bring your day job up for a second <laughs> Um, Josiah, you're a leader with uh, Praying Pelican, uh, taking some uh, church groups on mission trips to different places. That's how I I met you. Um, I was working at the church in Georgia, in Fayetteville, and uh, we took a trip down to Belize. Um, That was your second time leading our church, but that was my first time going. Uh, So I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that and how you got into that, and uh, how's that all going? Yeah, that was great trip back in Belize, probably like or five years five ago. Five years now. ago, yeah. Five years, yeah. Five summers ago. So yeah, it's been cool. Um, I get to serve primarily in Belize, um, but um, our organization serves throughout the world. And what we do is, you know, we do mission trips, short-term mission trips. Um, but we, what we like to say is that it's less about mission trips and more about um, church partnerships. So a chance for a church from the U.S. to partner with a church uh, abroad or domestically, um, just to to build relationships, to um, to help in certain ways, but primarily just to focus on those relationships. I think that just getting to know people the way that I've you know been lucky to to meet so many people, to build relationships with people, having those you know genuine friendships with people um, across the world from different backgrounds and different places um, is just a really valuable thing and something that I'm very thankful for. So it's a great opportunity to do that um, and to. Um, you know, help people and learn about culture and the world and all that stuff too. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember our trip uh, five years ago when we went down to Belize, met you there. Um, just, it's an awesome experience. We, like our church in particular, uh, we put on a vacation Bible school for the kids down there for a week. Um, and every night we kind of had like a little get together with everybody um, and, and got to meet some of the, the locals too and interact with them. And like you said, like just the church partnerships, like being a church from America, like obviously we have so many more privileges here uh, that churches down there don't have like one of them, for instance, air conditioning, you know, like stuff that you don't even think about here. Um, so it was really cool, humbling experience to go down there. I'm thankful for your leadership with that. 
um, but also thankful that you are an NFC North football fan. And that's the reason why you're here today. Uh, Josiah, you went to training camp today. We're, we're recording this on uh, the 11th. Um, you went to training camp today. I don't want to do a lot of talking because you're the expert here. I mean, tell me what you saw. How's your quarterback? How's your O-line? Like, what? How are you feeling, man? What's going on? Yeah, so this is... When we met on that trip, this is basically all we did the whole week was just talk about, just talk about football. Honestly, we did. Yeah, everybody, so that's, everybody was yeah. so sick of us. <laughs> yes. Um, I was at training camp today, my first time going this year. I usually try to go once a year. Um, it's 15 minutes from my house, so it's a lot of fun um, to be able to to just go out there. It's a good experience for you know families and fans and everything else. So, yeah, today was the first day of joint practices with the Denver Broncos. So Denver is in town. They have um, the first preseason game is on Saturday. So they're doing joint practices um, today and tomorrow. So that was cool. I had never been to a joint practice before. So seeing both teams together um, got a little tense at a few moments, but nothing nothing too noteworthy. I feel like you see, you that, see that a lot with uh, with two teams coming together for the first time. I mean, it's the first time you're seeing like not your team in a really long time so i feel like tempers are going to flare a little bit for sure yeah on the other end on the other end of the spectrum though one of the first things that happened actually when they came out was von miller came over like right in front of like the big bleachers where majority of the fans were and started like leading the like the skull chant that we do so and he was like super into it and you know all the fans (laughs) are doing it so he was having fun with that so i don't know if he's trying to send a message like he wants he wants in over here or something or he just thought it was (laughs) was fun so that was a nice little breaking news von miller to the vikings let's get it started (laughs) start the rumors yeah yeah it was you know i'm not enough of a football expert to like break down practice uh no i hear you for sure reps and stuff you know you'll see the obvious things um you know some good some bad um the first observation i wrote down actually was that uh, patrick peterson looks great in the number seven jersey number seven on a cornerback so i like weird yeah weird this year that they're kind of going with with what uh what they do in college like they just kind of let anybody have the single digit numbers um tom brady was very vocal about not liking it uh, it's gonna be very confusing yeah it will be a little confusing yeah i'm hey if you're happy i'm happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah other than that um i made a note that if anyone is getting re- ready for like a fantasy draft coming up in the next few weeks i am very high on jerry judy the wide receiver for the denver broncos he okay. looked like the best receiver in yeah. football today yeah <laughs> was... i didn't i didn't even think about that with this being a joint practice week you probably got a little bit of a scouting report on a on a broncos team too yeah he was very impressive um so i don't know yet for sure who their starting quarterback is going to be drew lock and teddy kind of split um split time and stuff i don't know who's going to start for the first preseason game but yeah he is going to be very good i thought he was going to be great coming in as a rookie he i know he had some moments last year but didn't really put up huge numbers but i think that's a great guy to watch for and someone i'm certainly going to be targeting so hopefully no one in my fantasy league listens to this before our (laughs) draft but i you know what i'll hold on to it until you're after your draft no i'm just kidding it's fine i never win so they're not going to be taking any advice they're not worried about me it doesn't matter right so maybe we shouldn't take your advice jerry judy don't put him on the board yeah um he looks good man. yeah um our guy justin jefferson is out right now he had a little bit of a stinger at the end of last week so he Mm. was out there but not like full pads or sure. anything practicing so okay. um, usually so with the big see. guys they'll, they'll probably be like oh your your toe hurts today let's let's give you an easy day or oh you you, you got a little bit it, of a yeah. headache yeah absolutely yeah uh so you got to see your old friend teddy teddy bridgewater former viking mm-hmm. uh now with the denver broncos 
Um, but speaking of quarterbacks, what does your quarterback look like? Do we have a do we have a picture yet of what it looks like over there? Yeah, let me let me start with Teddy. So, for those that don't <laughs> know Vikings fans well or me, or me well, Teddy Bridgewater was a and still is has a very special place in my heart. Um, he's one of those guys who never really made it as the franchise guy, but always felt like he was going to, and he was really ready to take that next step. And I kid you not, the moment the day that he got hurt is like a top five like worst Vikings mm. moment in my life. Like, and there's been a lot of bad ones, right? But as far as sure. off the field, like everything, that was just so sad um, for him going through that. The way he came back was awesome. Um, got to be there the game when he kind of made his reappearance in in relief of Case Keenum and stuff. That was a nice moment. I wish we could have kept him, but it didn't work out. So good to see him. Just the comeback story he's had, I think, has gone really under the radar. Yeah. You know, similar to an Alex Smith like yeah, type injury. Absolutely. Um, he almost lost his leg. He almost like he could have died with like the arteries being severed and that kind of stuff. So really crazy thing and just proud to proud of him being back out there and good to see him. So yeah. Shout out to Teddy as always. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know what? What he did in Carolina too is nothing to scoff at. I mean, like mm-hmm. he 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 was successful. He just didn't have the pieces around him to that that helped him kind of like the when he was with the Vikings. But yeah, very um, solid. You could very say that. Yeah, you could. Yeah, definitely. Could good movements. Uh, good arm for sure. Yeah. So. Teddy, glad you're back, kind of. And Zimmer loved him because he's just like a, if anything, he's maybe too conservative, but like sure. he would, he's a smart player, take care of the ball type thing. So it worked well with like what we were doing as far as building around defense and everything. Yeah. Um, as far as our current quarterback room, so a week ago we had one quarterback that was active and able to practice. Now we have all four back. Um, three of them were out due to a COVID test and like some close contacts. So they're all back out there now. Um, so Kirk is, you know, making up for lost time and everything had some good moments, um, had some, you know, we'll call it room for improvement as far as, um, just not everyone quite on in sync yet, as far as I can tell, which is, is to be expected at this point. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays on Saturday. Um, I think he'll definitely play in the second preseason game, but you know, it's hard to know how teams are going to manage these preseason games now with it only being three of them. So yeah. So what sure. I yeah what I heard um, at least for for the Bears side of things, our first game is on is on Saturday. Uh, we play the Dolphins. We're doing joint practices with the Dolphins right now. Um, Matt Nagy did an interview. The head coach of the Bears. He did an interview um, this morning on the radio, uh, saying that we're going to get a lot of Justin Fields time. Uh, he's been very vocal with Justin Fields being the number two quarterback uh, going into the season. So um, I don't know if that's the same timeline or same plan that the Vikings have, but at least for the Bears, going heavy with number twos on offense to start with uh, in in the first preseason game, and then going from there, I guess to see to see. And who knows, maybe there's a switch at quarterback by the time week two or week three of the preseason goes around. So. Um, but yeah, so probably who is who would be quarterback number two for the Vikings? Yeah, so that'll be one of the things to watch. And I think um, probably a reason why Kirk probably won't get much time in the preseason is because we do have a pretty um, serious competition for quarterback two. Um, the last two years, it's been a guy, Sean Mannion, who's kind of like a journeyman guy, um, doesn't do much for you, but is solid. And they say like he's good in the QB room and everything. Um, but he's gone. So we have um, right now we have Kellen Mond, who was the third round pick this year that everyone got kind of excited about because it's the highest we've you know drafted a quarterback in a long time. And then we have Jake Browning, who has been on the practice squad a couple of years, um, former um, Washington State um, or Washington University of Washington, okay, whichever one um, quarterback who had a great college career and then has been 
um, yeah, on the practice squad and stuff this year has a big leg up because he's the only quarterback in our quarterback room that is currently vaccinated. So he's like oh. for sure going to make the team just because of that. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> um, but he's looked good too. Like he has really stepped into that opportunity that he had with those other guys being out. And I think he's got the inside track on the, on the QB two job. Um, and if not, I think he'll still make the roster just because they'll need someone in case of emergency. So um, Kellen Mond was out for, 10 days. So now he's back. So he kind of has to make up for lost time as well, but has, you know, the upside of, you know, that third round pick. Yeah. I think it was the sixth or seventh quarterback taken in the draft. Um, SEC guy, you know, played a lot in college. So um, people are high on him, but I think it'll be, it's nothing imminent with him. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure he'll make the team and be, I would guess, I would expect Browning to be quarterback too, at least for a while. And Mon to be, you know, maybe inactive and stuff, yeah. but still coming along. But sure. it'll be interesting to see when they get on the field in the preseason is right. what it comes down to. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of questions um, for a lot of teams in the league right now, just as far as like, uh, what's the depth chart? Like who's ones, who's twos, you know? And I think, I feel like that'll fall into place after the first preseason game. Um, and then you'll try to, you'll start to see some trends. Seems like people are trading this year's first preseason game like they normally do for the second preseason game. So it's almost like we're skipping the game and then, and then going right to week two in preseason because now they're to three preseason games. Um, so yeah, definitely want to keep an eye out for those, uh, those depth charts and see, see where mm-hmm. everybody is. Um, now, bigger picture here. I asked you this on your podcast, um, and I want to ask you it on my podcast too. Um, it's not Kirk Cousins. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I told you Kirk Cousins is my guy. He's a Michigan State grad. He he beat Georgia in the Outback Bowl in 2000-whatever, and I'm very thankful for that. 2012, I think it was. I think I was a senior in high school. But nonetheless, um, besides the quarterback position, I want to ask you this. If the, if the Vikings are really going to make a run for it this year, who's got to be the star on offense and who's got to be the star on defense? Yep, so um, on offense, it would be – the second year receiver, Justin Jefferson, who was robbed of rookie of the year last year, I will say. Um, uh, yeah, I'm with but, you. I'm with you for sure. But that doesn't matter. Just more inspiration for him. So um, so he's the, um, you know, hopefully the breakout star um, emerges as, you know, one of the top eight receivers, top five, maybe receivers in the league. Um, that would be ambitious, but I have hope. Yeah. So um, like you said, best case scenario. So yeah, I would think that that would mean the Vikings are really opening it up on offense as well. You know, they've been really run focused um, for good reason. You have Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league, um, who's had a couple great seasons in a row. Which should um, which should be able mm-hmm. to amplify the the pass game too, because if they're running, if they're if you're running all over them, they're thinking run, then that opens up the pass. So I'm, I'm with you there. I would have said that, the exact same thing. That's what we tell ourselves, but sometimes <laughs> they've been a little bit. What do we know, right? Reluctant to do that. Yeah. So. Um, but that would be the hope um, if the protection is there and then um, Justin Jefferson and, you know, maybe he gets to the point where he's, you know, clearly the number one threat on the offense. And that means he's getting doubled and stuff. And that opens up more yeah. opportunities for other guys too. Right. Um, but I think Dalvin cook has been the one primarily that teams will scheme to stop and sell out to stop. So that, like you said, really opens up the the passing game for both um, Jefferson and Adam Thielen um, we've got a young tight end, Irv Smith, who is very athletic and hopefully can put up some big numbers as well. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at on the offense. Okay. All right. Uh, defense. I, I know you got a name in mind. I want to hear mm-hmm. about him because, because I'm a fan of him too. Yes. Um, well, there's two names in mind. So, um, 
so we have Daniil Hunter coming back. He was the defensive end, has been has been really great. He was like the 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 he had the most career sacks under the age of twenty three or something like that. Um, I should look up what exactly it is, but he was setting records. It was like the youngest to fifty sacks, something like yeah. that too. So um, after a really great start in his career, um, had an injury last year and was out the whole year, um, but is back now and um, is kind of the the one that can be the most disruptive um, for, you know, an opposing team as well as a couple other additions on the defensive line. So that's where the Vikings have really historically been. That's been the strength of their defense is that having that dominant D line and then everything else, you know, benefits from that. So that would be kind of, I think is what is needed. Um, the guy that's really been the MVP of the defense the last two years has been Eric Kendricks though, the linebacker, right. um, who is um, just a really awesome player. One of my, probably my favorite player on the team at this point, just really, really good at what he does. Very um, much a stud. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, making plays, uh, making, you know, doing the little things that a linebacker does with, with tackles and filling gaps and everything, but also making highlight plays with interceptions, forced fumbles passes defended like he'll he'll get out in space against a receiver or tight end and he'll be deflecting balls like he last year he was like our best coverage guy including yeah. the corners because our corners were so bad so yeah but he was yeah he'll, he'll make some some um flashy plays as well so he's um awesome but i think the in order for the defense to kind of take that next step it would meet mean um daniel hunter is is back to his um full strength and putting up 15 18 sacks something like that sure yeah i mean we've kind of covered all the names that we need to cover for the Vikings. Honestly, I mean, it's on paper. You're looking at these names. You're thinking this is a good team. Um, so definitely not, not like a, a bottom feeder team in the league. Um, I think there is some competition there uh, in the NFC North between uh, the Vikings and the bears and another team. Um, but that's kind of not my next Lions. question. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's not the lines. Um, but what do you think for, on an honest feeling of what the ceiling would be for this Vikings team. Can they make a wild card run? Can they, can they look at the division? Can they make a run in the playoffs? Stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, things have to come together, which is always what it takes in the NFL as far as, as far as health and some luck and everything else. Um, I think ceiling is 11, 12 wins. Um, and that puts you, you know, competing for the division, if not in a strong, you know, wild card position. And then, yeah. you know, once you get in, who knows what could happen. So, yeah. So that's always got to be the goal. It's, you know, I feel like that's what we say every year. It's, and it's different now with only being, or with 17 games instead of 16 games, but it's always like win all your home games, go 500 on the road, like be 12 and four, or 11 and five, something like that. And, you know, you put yourself in with yeah. a good opportunity to do, um, to do something special. So, so that's the hope as always. I don't think yeah. that they're um have everything figured out to the point where they're gonna threaten for thirteen wins um or more, just because it's gonna take some time. Right. But yeah, I think they should be right there in the in the division race. Um hopefully the I don't know if you want to say their names or not, but the other you can team say it. You can say is falls yeah. back a little, hopefully the Packers fall back a little bit. Um <laughs> that's the plan for from, sure. From thirteen and three last year. I think that was a little fluky. So you know, if 12 wins is enough to win the division, then that's, I think that they will be, um, it'll come down to those last yeah. couple of December games between, you know, the bears and the Vikings and the Packers that are all going to be playing each other there. The yeah, last couple weeks I'm, of the season. Yeah. I pulled up the, I pulled up the Viking schedule right here. So we play our first of two, um, on December 20th at Chicago. Um, and then you have, <laughs> it's a tough schedule at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you do get the lions to start with, which is, there you go. You got the lions on December 5th. 
Uh, then it's the the next week. It's the Steelers. A lot of questions on the Steelers, um, but that's still a tough tough team. Usually more times than not. Um, then it's Bears, Rams, Packers, Bears to end the season, and mm-hmm. that's tough in a in a very tough division, and in a conference that I feel like just there's a lot of questions in the NFC. I feel like yes. the AFC is more so of a foregone conclusion that we're going to see Chief versus Bills in the AFC Championship almost. But in the NFC, it's like, I mean, the Bucks obviously in the South, but in the in the North, you got three teams. In the West, you got three teams. Whatever happens in the East. <laughs> but I feel like there's more contenders in the NFC than there are you in the AFC. You might have four teams in the West. Which which three teams are you thinking? Well, of? I was thinking I was thinking Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. Yeah. But I, I forget that the right Niners there. have you a mean... quarterback now. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the the West could definitely be all four teams, and it's just crazy to think that at least at least one of them is going to miss. Well, mm-hmm. all four of them can get in the playoffs now. You know, so. Who knows what's going to happen in the NFC? I don't want to ask you to make a prediction because I know predictions aren't your thing, so I'm not going to ask you to do that. But instead of that, I appreciate the art in the background of the Vikings behind you um, and your and your gear. So this, let me uh, tell you about this Please. actually because I saw something about it today at training camp. So, so this logo is like an old school logo which they brought back a few years ago. I hadn't seen it before. And for those of you listening, of it's thing. a it's a Viking ship. It says Vikings on the ship, mm-hmm. and then it's got the big the big sail with a big M for Minnesota on it. And of course, it's it's yellow and purple. So <laughs> go on. And I really love it. When I first saw yeah, it, I was it's like, cool years looking. Ago, I was like, I was like, I haven't seen this before, but I like it a lot. So I like got a shirt with it and stuff. And then I got this sign um, or piece of wall art, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But today when I was at camp, I took a picture of this little placard that they have about it because I didn't know the history of it. I knew it was old school, but I didn't know sure. the full history of it. So the Vikings longship logo um, introduced at the founding of the franchise in 1960. The Vikings longship logo was introduced or was included on the first brochure advertising Minnesota Vikings season tickets. The logo was found on letterhead, business cards, and press pins throughout the 1960s. Its use faded at the end of the decade, and the logo wasn't discovered again until 2010 during the Vikings' um, 50th season celebration. And so now it talks about how you can like exclusively get it at this Viking store or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it had been apparently lost to time, and they've revived it, and I like it a lot. Awesome. Um, I think it would look cool in the end zone, but um, yeah, very. I cool. don't make the I don't make the decision. <laughs> you don't but. you don't get paid the big bucks for that, so. Uh, I do, I do like that logo. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked the Vikings uniforms. I think it's unique, um, unique colors in the league. I've always been a fan. Always been a fan of the Vikings and their look. Um, but I guess my last question for you now is: history of the Vikings, favorite Viking of all time, least favorite Viking of all time, and you're allowed to have multiple answers. <laughs> um, and this is where I'll show my other thing that I have, which is my Viking shirt that I have on. Yes. So this is the um, 19. Sorry, I'm talking away from the microphone. But, <laughs> no, we heard um, you. We heard you. So 1998, I was six years old. This is when I like became a Vikings fan. 15 and one season. Um, Randy Moss, his rookie year. Him and Chris Carter were my two favorite players. Um, Chris Carter was the first jersey I ever got. Um, so those two kind of stand out among. Um, everyone uh, but there's you know of course a long list of of vikings that i have have loved and continue to remember fondly um if we stick with the same season when my heart was broken was in the um 1998 yes um, nfc championship game against um the atlanta falcons at the met at the metrodome um 
Gary Anderson misses a field goal, the first field goal he had missed all season. He was perfect all season. He misses a 38-yard field goal from the left hash, a kick which I have made in the past, by the way. Not in a real game, but just <laughs> my friends and I. My friends and I will literally go out and like practice kicking and torture ourselves by like, oh, let's do the one that the Vikings missed. Mm. <laughs> so Gary Anderson misses that. The Vikings lose in overtime. Six-year-old Josiah is crying. I understand. Um, so that was when I was hooked, and that was you know kind of the perfect – Encap- encapsulation of what this whole thing would be, which is a lot of heartbreak, but a lot of great moments as well. Like you, you have to enjoy the, you know, the good moments yeah. and the enjoy the been, ride, honestly. Because yeah, I've been able to. I mean, t- Randy Moss. Talk about Randy Moss. Talk about Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Talk about you know Stefan Diggs in the moment at the Minneapolis Miracle. Like we've yeah. got a lot of great moments in franchise history. Like it's not we're not the Lions, you know. Right. Yeah. We have yeah. Um, a great history. Dante Culpepper, you know. Mm-hmm. Culpepper yeah. get the roll on. I yeah, love Culpepper. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, in, so in Madden two thousand four, <laughs> I uh, obviously, I mean, I'm a Bears fan, but Michael Vick was the most dominant player. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would actually put Randy Moss on the Falcons, so Michael Vick could throw to him. But then, like that would be one play, and then I would just run with Michael Vick the rest of the time. Because yeah. if you're playing Madden 2004, you're running with Michael Vick. But mm-hmm. I always I to, what I used to do with Michael Vick is I would do like if I was on the goal line or doing a two point conversion or something, you snap it and then you run all the way back to the yep. like the opposite end zone and then try yeah. to like juke everyone and outrun everyone. Back yeah, to play score the uh, play yards. those <laughs> European teams like the Thunder or whatever they were the the Dragons. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would just put. Michael Vick on easy mode and just, it would be 120 mm-hmm. to nothing at the end of the first quarter, you know, like, yeah, we, we played video games correctly for sure. Um, this was great. Thank you so much, Josiah. Uh, we know all about the Vikings now that we got our scouting report here in Chicago. Yeah, a little history lesson. Happy to yeah. provide. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to ship this scouting report off to Matt Nagy so he can immediately <laughs> shred it and never use it because he's got a plan for everything. And well, that the Bears matter. haven't had too many issues with us in the past few years, especially at Soldier <laughs> Field. So Yeah, it's um, a it's a night game when you guys are here too. Mm-hmm. So uh, The defense scares me, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But Nagy makes me feel a little bit better sometimes because of the way that he's... Um, Stupid. <laughs> held, um, held some people back, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and to, to your point about some sad memories about a field goal, I certainly feel those as well. I, yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm the one that brought it up. Uh, Josiah. Uh, that one you have to just laugh at. <laughs> well, it's so it took a that. while <laughs> to laugh at it, but eventually, yes, it's like. And then people's reaction, like sending death threats to the guy because he missed a field goal. It's like, come on, man. Like, it's not worth that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least he wasn't like you knew he was going to miss like from his history. Like it wasn't like a guy that had a perfect season. Oh, I knew exactly. And could send you to yeah. the Super Bowl with the best team in yeah. NFL history on offense. Yeah, I knew he was going to miss that kick, and I knew how he was going to miss it too. <laughs> but I just didn't expect him to hit the bottom one too, <laughs> the crossbar. It's iconic. Upright to cross, whatever. Uh, Josiah, thank you so much um, for doing this. Uh, host of pod level midnight make sure you go and check that out uh on instagram the handle at pod level midnight is that correct mm-hmm. awesome i yeah. think yeah yeah so um we're gonna i'm gonna make sure to put that up on the blog so everybody can come and find you um thank you so much for this i really appreciate it um look forward to our a date on december 20th this mm-hmm. year yep shout that out game. to chris if he's watching yes chris he, he watches your thing yeah <laughs> I don't know. He's probably got better things. We'll to get do an to Atlanta listen. collab on yeah. here too. He probably has better things to do than listen to a couple mm-hmm. of jamucks like us. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Josiah. I appreciate it, man. 
All right. Thanks, Tommy. All right. I am now joined by my second grade crush, Emma Chapman. Emma, hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on here, Tommy. Yeah. Long time. No talk. Um, We're adults, which is different, and living lives and making money and stuff. So that's wild. Um, But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about your lions. And I just, let's just start there. How did you become a Lions fan? Why are you a Lions fan? Well, to my um, unfortunate misery, my dad is from Detroit. And so I have been going to games since I was about two years old. I went to Barry Sanders game where he had like 240 yards in a single game. Of course, I don't remember it, but I love it. It's like my claim to fame. But you were there. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I was there. I've seen Barry Sanders. I probably was in the bathroom or had a Sprite in my hand, but you know, <laughs> it's cool. But um, I really, I just grew up loving them because my dad loved them and my younger brother loves them and it's just a family tradition. Yeah. So it's unfortunate brainwashing is what it is. A but true tradition like no other, being yeah. a Detroit Lions fan. My aunt yeah. is a big Lions fan. I am familiar a little bit with what it's like to be a Lions fan, but not me personally. How how have you managed all of these years watching this team? It's really a roller coaster. So there's big highs and there's big lows. And what I would say is like the fans are unreal. Um, it's just a team with a lot of tradition with the Thanksgiving game. That's pretty cool. Um, and then going to games at Ford Field and the Silverdome. And we were lucky enough to have season tickets for a couple of years when I was in high school. Wow. So that whole fan experience with my dad, just the whole ride or die thing. But, yeah. you know, the cons outweigh the pros for sure. <laughs> it is miserable. Every single year i'm like there is no way it could get worse than this and sure enough it does and i've seen more rebuilds than i just can't imagine seeing more rebuilds in my young life and never seen a playoff win i think we have the second longest streak in the nfl so that yeah uh if not the second you're there i don't yeah 91 i think is the last time yeah um never seen a win yeah that was pre-us so yeah um and along the way too like you said you had barry sanders and he retired young calvin johnson first ballot hall of famer retired sooner than he probably could have yeah just i i don't know what to say i thought i had a lot to say i really don't have a lot to say um i'm happy you're here doing this um i hate to keep asking brutal questions like this but But Matthew Stafford's gone. He went to the West Coast to play. That was obviously your boy. Yes. Um, so that, what was that experience like watching him leave? So it was pre- it was mixed because he was obviously my guy. Um, he's the quarterback that I've watched growing up the longest. So I, I love Stafford. I'm a huge fan. I always love Stafford. Um, it's so unfortunate that he's never been properly built around. I mean, he is a total warrior, toughest guy, one of the toughest guys out there, played with a broken back like his whole last season. Yeah. Um, so it just, 
I think it was time for him to go out there and not only for him, but for us too, because we had really reached the end of that point. Um, we complete, we cleaned out our front office, we got new coaches. And then when they hired Dan Campbell, I wasn't sure what they were going to do, but it kind of seemed like Stafford wanted out. And I was like, well, I just hope it's not another like Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson yeah. situation. I hope they just do right by him, which yeah, they did. So they did. I'm happy about that. And I'll still cheer for him, but I, I'm excited for the future. And I think Jared Goff's a player and he could use a fresh start for sure. <laughs> I love that. I think, I, I think Jared Goff is a player. I love that. <laughs> well, um, whether or not he'll make noise for us, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, if, if he can keep us competitive and keep the season fun this year and he ends up being the guy, great. But I, I'm i really um, looking towards the future. And I know. I hope we can get a new quarterback I know. in the next couple I loved the, I loved, oh, I just hit my knee. I'm sorry. Uh, I loved the head coaching hire. I thought that was a yes. great move on their part. I was very happy for Matthew Stafford that he got to, to go and he's on a competitive team that really has a good chance. So good for him. Absolutely. I do think the future is brighter for the Lions now that they've decided to kind of let go and start over. It seems like they're actually going to start over this time as opposed to, like you said, starting to build a building but then abandoning it and then starting over again and again so it's been frustrating because it seems like it's just been kind of a half-ass i don't know can i cuss on here a half-ass sure. kind of situation. <laughs> but um the, not only dan campbell who i think is a great hire and brings the energy we need and the excitement but um our new gm brad holmes who also comes from the rams actually is young and excited and hungry yes. so i think it for the first time in my life it does feel different and i'm really hopeful yeah. but you know and you're it sounds like you're excited which is great yeah and i love that and i love your enthusiasm you do all of this and you say all of this with a smile on your face i'm happy for you i'm hopeful for the future and we do have the same thing in common, which is if we beat the Packers, then it's a successful season. Yes. We uh, need to dethrone Aaron Rodgers as soon as possible. Yes. And and we went back and forth on Twitter this summer when we thought that he wasn't coming back. And we were sharing our excitement for him not coming back. And then he came back. So may, I can I can hang on for one more year. I'm okay with that. You have one more year. You got your buddies back, whatever. It'll be nice to watch them lose in the playoffs, and then we'll go on with our merry way. Yeah, uh, I guess where do I go from here? Let's talk about happy times for you. I know you're a Joey Votto gal. That's your boy, mm -hmm. yes? He tormented the Cubs this year, and now the Cubs don't even have a team. So you got that going for you. Oh, my gosh. I think I was at... So my uh, boyfriend actually works for the Reds. So I get to go to a lot of games right. and I get to hear a lot about the Reds. But I think I was at the two or two out of three Cubs home games this year and they were big wins. And it's unfortunate for the Cubs. Um, yeah, that whole I, thing with you and Matthew I, Stafford, I just did that three times. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, I expected Chris Bryant to go, but when the other two were also leaving, we were all just like, what? Yeah. But the Cubs give me hope as a Lions fan because they were just historically the worst. 
And you know what? You can only go so many years. I think it's been 60 years since the Lions have been in a championship. So you can only be that bad for so long. We need to have more conversations because it's like positive vibes only (laughs) over here. I'm so happy. This is great. I know. And I love that when it does go bad, we're in our corner for each other. Absolutely. 100%. We'll never leave. Um, We match up again this year on Thanksgiving. It seems to be happening like three of the last four years. Um, So as a Lions fan, obviously you plan for the Lions to play on Thanksgiving. It happens every year. What does Thanksgiving look like for you as a Lions fan and like what your family does? Do you eat at a certain time during the game or is it always after the game? Like what is that day like for you? So it really depends. If we go, we typically do Thanksgiving with my dad's family, which is good because they're the big Michigan family. Right. So it's all planned around the game. Um, We typically do a big appetizer spread and watch them and they usually ruin appetites, which is brutal. Um, I think we had one really great win four or five years ago. That was just so fun. But yes. Usually it's a big L and then we eat later, like three or four or five o'clock. So the Lions are always a tradition. Yes. Um, I love that we can count on them for Thanksgiving games. And I love so much that we don't have a Thursday night football game because mm. we just check that box for Thanksgiving. Yes. So and it's, it's right there. Bonus. Yeah. I hear you. Um, so we, yeah, we have to plan around the Lions too because like I said, my aunt is a Lions fan. Usually our play is we eat at halftime of the Lions game because a lot of my family just can't go that long without a lot of food. So we watch the first half. Whoever does the halftime, that's when we're getting our plates and then we watch the third quarter. And then we just, you know, we watch some football, you know. The Lions always wearing those sweet throwbacks of no logo on the helmet. That's always something to look forward to. They look like winners, but we usually don't come out on top, at least in the years I've watched. I actually was lucky, well, depending on how you see it, I was at the game where we played the Packers on Thanksgiving, and it was the Sioux Stomp game where he got thrown out. Yes. It was my first Thanksgiving game in real life, and I, my dad was, I've never seen my dad the way he was. It was really, really, really bad. I, yeah, when he stomped, yeah, that was, that was the first time he did it of a couple times he did it. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, we, actually, you know, going back to that draft pick, I thought that was a good draft pick. I thought that's what was going to put the Lions in the conversation. Well, I love the pick, and we actually did go to the playoffs for two years when he was with us. Mm -hmm. So it was, we were in the wild card both times, which was meh, but you know, I I don't really get to see a lot of playoff firsts. I understand. So you take what you can get. I understand. I like the pick. I just, I don't think he cared about Detroit. I don't think he cares about football. I think he's more of a business guy. Yeah, he just wants so. to get his paycheck for sure. Um, yeah. And, and a team like Detroit, you got to have people in there that like, I'm going to put this team on my back. I'm going to put this city on my back. Something they haven't seen, and I'm just going to go and do it. And you had that with Barry. You had that with Calvin. You had that with Matt. Who's going to be the next one? Is there anybody on the team? This, I think our draft pick this year, um, Panay Sewell. He totally has that mentality, and he is going to be an instant Hall of Famer. So I can't believe we got him. I'm still the shock is not worn off. I was so excited. I've never been so excited about a lineman. I've looked into jerseys for him. I'm the biggest fan. So I I, I think he it. will be 
that guy for us and he'll be a huge anchor for I our love team. It. There's not there's not a Lions fan on the planet that is as enthusiastic and happy as you are. This is the <laughs> best. What so refreshing. Love it. During preseason. During preseason. <laughs> yeah, it is early in the season. It usually all goes downhill. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I have no idea what the Lions did in their preseason game. I didn't watch. I, I still have to watch the full game of the Bears yet. If I'm even going to, it's the preseason, whatever. But <laughs> so, realistically, you're looking at the Lions this year. What do you think they can do? Can they compete for a wild card spot, or is this a let's just put all the pieces together year? and then maybe next year. Well, I'll tell you, hell no, they're not going to compete for a wild card spot. I I would be happy if they stayed competitive in games and just had fun playing the game again because Matt Patricia and that whole regime took all of the fun out of football. It truly was so draining. So I think this year will be a year about growth and learning and about talent coming together with the coaches and the front office and the owner and i i really really hope that we're just competitive and they give us something to enjoy i i don't think they're favored to win one game in the vegas Mm. odds which i've never seen before not one single game so we'll see (laughs) if they can have fun and be competitive and lose a lot of games and get their guy next year that's fine yeah if they are competitive, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I don't anticipate winning more than like four games. And I think that's the right attitude to have. Like you set the bar so low and you and then they exceed that expectation. And you're like, wow, that was a great season. Let's do it again next year. I love your mindset. I know it is early. I'm going to be watching you on Twitter to make sure that you're okay. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Emma, second grade friend, now adult friend. We'll have to do this more often. Anytime that you and your boyfriend are in Chicago, please come hang out with Anna and I. We'll put some stuff on the grill. I've gotten really good at the grill being in the suburbs now. I'm just the jorts and the high socks away from being a total suburban dad. Um, yeah. Yes. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been fun. And I hope both our teams give Aaron Rodgers some problems this uh, year. Same. All right. So big thank you to both Josiah and Emma for doing that with me. I really appreciate it from them. Uh, Josiah, you can find him on Instagram uh, at Josiah Dury. That's J-O-S-I-A-H-D-U-R-I-E. Uh, and then Emma, same thing. You can find her on Instagram, uh, E-M-M-A-K-C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Uh, and she's on Twitter too, at M-E-M-M-C-513. Uh, So go follow them. Big thank you to them for coming on. And now let's do some headlines. So we need to talk about uh, Justin Fields making his debut for the Bears this weekend. He looked okay. Didn't look great. Looked okay. He ran into the end zone. Everybody went nuts. He made a great throw to a wide open receiver, something that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Just he looked He looked like a rookie quarterback in his first game against the second, third stringers. Uh, 14 for 20, 147 yards and a touchdown, and then 33 yards on the ground. Uh, He made some plays that made it look like he could elude the defense a little bit. There was one play in the third quarter uh, on the first drive for the touchdown. He made a play. He was running towards the right 
sideline and he brought the defender on him and then he got to throw to a wide open receiver right on the line uh, so that's the kind of stuff you like to see those little plays right there uh, so I'm happy with that uh, I am not happy with the Cubs they're 0 for 11 they're playing the Reds tonight so when you're listening to this that game is probably over so let's just go ahead and say they're 0 and 12 uh, it's bad it's bad on the north side but you can read more about the Cubs on the uh, Cubby's crib blog uh, that's where you can find that so not a lot to talk about this week. We're going to have a lot more next week, uh, some cool things happening. Uh, and then also on Thursday, we're going to have an awesome show. Uh, a couple of college friends are going to come on and preview the entire NFL with me. Uh, we did a video in college together, kind of uh, predicting the playoffs of the 2012-2013 season. Uh, it was a school project. We're going to kind of create that again, but a little more laxed and, and no rules this time. So... That'll be fun. It'll be a good listen, a good watch on YouTube. So uh, make sure that you're listening on Thursday for that. Uh, That's all I got for you this episode. Uh, Again, August 17, 2021. Uh, Happy birthday, Grandpa. And we'll talk to you guys on Thursday.